to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. The things that you are experiencing now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be that way. You know, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, I think there is value in journaling, writing down things so that when you go back and you see how you are now, it gives you hope for tomorrow. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, I am so glad you are joining us for this first episode for the month of April, 2023. And with it being the first of the month, that means that we have new free family downloads available for you that go along with our theme this year of Anchored. Now, Kim and Deanna from our team here at Rising Above have been working so hard to create these amazing monthly resources for your family. So be sure to check them out on the Rising Above website or the Rising Above app. My guest today is Tanya Nash, and Tanya has been a guest before, and I'm excited to have her back to give us an update on her family and for you to get to hear about the Autism Faith Network that she founded back in 2016. Tanya and her husband, Jamie, have two sons with autism, and she enjoys connecting with and encouraging families who live with disabilities. It's always such an encouragement when I get to talk with Tanya, and I know that you will love getting to hear from her. So here's the conversation I had with Tanya Nash. Hey, Tanya, thanks for being here today. I'm so glad to see you. We saw each other just a couple of weeks ago at a conference, and now I get to see you again. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to see you again as well. Now, you and I have met before because we've met at conferences, but you've also been on the podcast before. You were a guest all the way back in 2021, where you shared part of your story. So update us a little bit on what changes have happened in your family. What's going on with you guys now? Well, a lot has happened since 2021. You know, back then we were in the middle of a global pandemic. Yes, who (laughs) can forget that? Yeah, no one can forget (laughs) that. And so, you know, everyone was experiencing a lot of change and turmoil during that time. And so now um, I'm happy to share that there's been a lot of great things that have happened um, with my family, um, you know, We were going through a difficult time. If you remember, you know, back in the podcast, Mm -hmm. we had my youngest son was diagnosed with a rare form of epilepsy. And I'm happy to share that he is now 16 months seizure free. And so he hasn't had a seizure since um, November 30 of 2021. And we are so thrilled. It is a true miracle Mm -hmm. and a blessing from God. And so we're real excited about that. Um, my oldest son is in high school now. Wow. You know, me and my husband are getting ready to celebrate 20 years, um, our 20-year wedding anniversary. And so we're really excited about that. And so things have been going pretty good, you know, with our family. It's been a busy time, but yeah. everything's been going well. So it was so funny because yesterday, Tanya, I got an email from one of the moms who's in my Wednesday community group. She lives up in South Dakota. And she said, Becky, have you heard of this organization? And it was Autism Faith Network. And I, I replied oh, back. Wow. I said, well, yes, actually I have. And I said, you know, it's my friend Tanya and she is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. And so that was so neat that my friend in South Dakota had heard about you and was excited and wanted to share that with us. So tell us just a little bit about 
this amazing organization that you have founded and just a little bit about what you guys do at the Autism Faith Network. Oh, that's wonderful to hear that we're reaching all the way out in South you Dakota. You sure are. That's amazing. Yeah. That's exciting to hear. So basically what we do with the Autism Faith Network is we help churches to become more autism friendly. And we do that through our Accessible Faith Initiative, where we provide activities and supports for churches to kind of educate them about how they can promote awareness, acceptance, and inclusion for autistic persons in their families. And so um, that's one of our major programs that we do each year. We are now an official 501c3 nonprofit organization. And so that's exciting as well. And then in 2021, we added two new initiatives, um, which is our Manna from Heaven initiative, where we provide gift cards for autistic persons in need of food. And our Cheerful Giving initiative, where we provide sensory supports and tools for um, persons with autism. That's so great. And I want to dig in more to that here in just a little bit to learn more about all those great things you do. But, you know, I know like for us, when we started Rising Above, it was out of the life, you know, of our son, John Alex, and his unique needs. So tell us the heart behind why you wanted to start the Autism Faith Network. So it's a similar story to yours. It started because of my oldest son, Daniel. Um, my husband and I had been very active in church really all our lives. And, you know, we got married and had our son and everything was going great. We were still very active until our son turned around two years old and started showing signs of autism. And so once he started showing signs of autism, we started realizing that many churches were ill-equipped to serve people with autism in their families. And, you know, as a military family, we moved around a lot, you know, Midwest, in the South, you know, urban areas, rural areas. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter whether the church was big or small. You know, we kept seeing this common theme of, people working in children's ministries, not knowing how mm. to um, deal compassionately with um, families affected by autism. And so we wanted to make a difference in that area. You know, um, there were a lot of, you know, situations where we've had hurtful things said, you know, mm. we felt, you know, excluded from some things and we didn't want other people to experience that. And, and also kind of what I realized too, was that it wasn't so much out of being an intentional thing where they meant to cause pain and hurt. It was just that they didn't know. And um, people, if you don't know, you don't necessarily do the things that you need to do. And so Mm -hmm. we figured that if we could provide the tools and resources for churches um, on how to better serve this Mm -hmm. very vulnerable population, that they would um, take up the chance to do better and help these families. So what were some of your early experiences? I know you you mentioned like people saying things that were hurtful. I mean, we I think most parents have got stories that they could share about their, you know, about their experience, both the positive and then hurtful things as well. So what was kind of your early, what were some of the things that you encountered early on in your journey? I mean, and, and I realize you're going from different church to church. So you probably had lots of different uh, situations that you encountered along the way. Oh, yeah, I have stories, <laughs> but, um, you know, it it depended, you know, so, sometimes we would visit a church 
And then they would call me, you know, to come get him because, you know, they didn't know what to do or, you know, he wasn't interacting with the class or if he was taking his shoes off or if he was um, stemming in the background or making sounds, you know, they would call me for that. You know, um, I visited one church um, and when I took him back to the children's church, you know, I told the, the leader, I said, hey, my son has autism. And before I could even tell them that, mm. hey, he's just going to want to hold a car, you know, the whole time. Mm. They said, oh, we don't do that here. And oh, it was just, you know, like wow. them telling me that it, the sun was shining outside. It was like, oh, mm. we don't do that here. And I was shocked yeah. because I was thinking, what in the world? Like yeah. the Great Commission does not exclude mm -hmm. people with disabilities and their yeah. families. How is it that I'm getting rejected and you're rejecting um, my child who I love so dearly? You're rejecting him from being having an opportunity to experience God and to learn more about the faith. So it was very hurtful. And it did not just... Um, it wasn't just in church settings. It was also mm -hmm. in Christian preschools. Mm -hmm. um, my husband was deploying a lot. And when we lived in Oklahoma, one of my friends had told me about a Christian preschool that I could possibly get my son into um, so that I could have a break. And mm -hmm. so that he could have a chance to learn and be around other kids. And so I told them, you know, hey, my son has autism. And they said, oh, well, we take everybody, you know, it's fine. And then within two weeks, they called me and told me that, you know, they couldn't help him, that mm -hmm. he was a disruption to the class. And mm -hmm. I'll never forget that day because I grabbed my baby and, you know, I took him to the car, I strapped him in, gave him a big hug. And then I got in my car and just cried because yeah. I was just, the rejection mm -hmm. was just so painful. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happened a few years later with my youngest son. You know, I took him to another Christian preschool in another state, <laughs> told them, you know, hey, you know, my son has autism. He's going to need a little bit more support. And within a week and a half, two weeks, they called me and said, hey, you know, it, we can't, we're not equipped. Yeah. to serve him. And so, it, you know, it's really hard to hear that message mm -hmm. from a place that's supposed to be mm -hmm. welcoming for everyone. Yeah. And so that was the catalyst for you to go, we've got to do something. Yeah. We've got to change this narrative. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a blind spot. I don't think that um, people really realize how um, hurtful that can be, mm -hmm. you know, how it can be a stumbling block in yeah. people's faith. Yes. You know, a lot of people who have children with disabilities do not attend church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a pastor back in Florida that used to say that the banana that gets separated from the bunch gets peeled and eaten. You know, mm -hmm. it, when you get by mm -hmm. yourself yeah. and you don't have a community to rely on, then um, it can really put you in a vulnerable place. Yeah. Well, what are some of the success stories that you've heard, you know, from the work you've done? you know, your heart going in, you live it firsthand. That makes all the difference, I think, when you can go in and tell your personal stories and tell how this has impacted you personally, then people are, are hopefully able to see and grab hold of your mission. And so how have you seen families positively impacted by what you're doing with the Autism Faith Network? Well, you know, that's one of the most rewarding things about the Autism Faith Network is that um, I get a chance to give families a voice in their places of worship. And sometimes it's hard for them to share their own story. So they'll share mine. Mm. And, you know, I think that having a personal story 
um, about the impact of everything really brings things home. Um, With our Accessible Faith Initiative, we create tools where um, it makes things easier for people to talk to their church leadership about autism and what it is and the types of supports they need. And so um, in one particular instance, a family member took a handout that we had and shared it with some other people and ended up um, that family member had a um, a child where they were showing signs of autism and they didn't understand at the time that those were actually signs of autism. Yeah. So they actually got the child tested and the child came up with a diagnosis of autism. So, you know, I really... Um, you know, at first I was kind of hesitant about sharing our family's right. personal story, but it has been so helpful for many ministries and even past churches that I've attended. They are now a lot more sensitive mm-hmm. to um, being more accepting and inclusive of people with disabilities and their families just from our experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said earlier, it's a lot of times it's not a heart issue. It's not where well, we just we just don't want to serve you. They just don't know. Right. What to do. So what is it that you hope churches can learn about ministering to families living with disabilities? Well, you know, through our Accessible Faith Initiative, we kind of have three a three-pronged approach to it. And basically, one, we want to create awareness. You know, you can't do anything about something that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so we want people to know what it is, what it looks like how to appropriately respond, you know, because a lot of times people, when they're not aware of something, they're fearful of it. And I've found that a lot of churches are kind of fearful about, you know, well, if we start a disability ministry, what if this happens or what Mm -hmm. if that happens? What if we're ill-prepared? And so we try to provide information to them so that they can be prepared and that they will have a foundation to build on for things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And then we also teach them acceptance. You know, um, when you have a family affected by disability come to your church, the first thing that comes to your mind shouldn't be, okay, well, I need to pray for them about this disability, Mm -hmm. you know, accept them for the uniqueness of who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, appreciate them as they are. A lot of people, you know, who are autistic have many beautiful gifts to share. Mm And we have to change our mindset is mm-hmm. uh, from seeing it as so much of a deficit to seeing it as um, a unique ability mm-hmm. to see the world in a different way. So yeah. we teach acceptance and then we also roll in inclusion in that, too. So, you know, allowing opportunities for people um, with autism and their families to participate and to actually belong and, you know, mm-hmm. creating services where they feel like they belong. And so maybe considering changing the sound, the the um, intensity of the sound in your worship services, not using strobe lights because that can maybe trigger seizures mm-hmm. on persons with epilepsy or, you know, inviting them to participate in um, services where they have a visible role, like, you know, greeting, you know, being a church greeter or, you know, singing in the choir and doing other things and not just being hidden in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we teach them about the importance of creating an atmosphere where families feel like they actually belong and that they are included and considered mm-hmm. when church services are created. Yeah. And it's so important. And, and as you were listing all those what ifs, you know, well, what if we're not prepared or yeah. what if this or that, you know, what if they could flip that and go, what if this is the biggest blessing that ever happens to our church body? What if right. these families 
you know, are able to come in and teach us things we never could see. You know, it's it's shifting that narrative. So what are other ways that you've gone about shifting the narrative for churches to see our families as beautiful as they are? Yeah, you know, you're right. There is this deficits narrative where, oh, well, if someone with disabilities comes to my church, then I'm going to have to do all of these Mm -hmm. things in order to accommodate them without even taking time to realize um, you know, there are some beautiful things that they can add to the ministry. Um, for one, you know, if it's a child, then the other children get to learn about how to interact and how to um, support people who may have a disability, you know, how to be kind, how to accept people who are different. And then also the parents, they come with their own giftings and blessings. Mm-hmm. And when you make your place of worship accommodating for persons with disabilities, then their caregivers and their parents can use their giftings to help build the kingdom too. And so it's not just I'm, you know, as a church doing all of these things to make it accessible for them. You're also getting the unique gifts and um, talents of that particular family. In addition to the fact that um, your church is going to look more about like what God intended, you know, he created people with disabilities too. And so your church should reflect that. Yeah, it's so true. And such an important thing for, for churches to get and understand. And, and I'm sure that you have worked with churches when they got it, when they got it and they could see it. So do you have a story about a church maybe or someone that you've worked with and, and maybe they came in and they just were like, we can't do this. But then by the end of hearing your stories and all all that you can help them with, that they change their their mind and their attitude. Well, I have a personal type of story that I could share and a church um, story. I'll start with the church story. So we were attending a, a church in a rural area And um, my oldest son was having difficulty with the way um, the church services were set up. Whenever there was a special event, um, there was no children's church Mm. and everybody had to go in the sanctuary. But that was um, a place that was um, one that he feared because it was so loud and so much stuff was going on during the service. It, It was he it took him into sensory overload every time he went into the sanctuary. And um, one particular day, there was an Easter play and there was no children's church. And (laughs) my husband was deployed and I had a six-year-old son with autism and a newborn baby. And I was just so overwhelmed. I had got there late (laughs) and I just needed some encouragement. And a lady saw what I was going through that, Mm. you know, most everyone already knew that my son had had autism. And so she stepped up and said, hey, you know, let me take care of your son. I'll I'll sit out here with him during the service so you won't have to worry about him. And then, you know, just come back and get him after the service. So she spent time with him and I came out afterwards and he was happy. He had had a good time with her. And then a few weeks later, she started a special needs ministry just for him. And she took so much time to teach him. I mean, like real lessons, like she taught him about the flood and Noah's Ark. And she had a boat. She had a little pail um, with water in it. And he could play with the boat. At the end of the service, she gave him a little animal to represent the animals that got on the ark. And there were so many different ways that she used to teach him. And from there, it 
um, blossomed into a thriving special needs ministry. And so, you know, I think, you know, seeing the personal experiences and, and you know, seeing someone else's struggles was really mm-hmm. helpful for this church to see that, hey, there's a need. And then also I started sharing about my son's diagnosis maybe a year or so after he was diagnosed with autism. And I started sharing on social media. Um, I was kind of hesitant about doing that because, you know, sometimes we like to keep a, a a guard on how much mm-hmm. we share about our families, but I felt like it was important because people, you know, have their stigmas and, you know, their false beliefs about um, people with disabilities. And so I, I was like, okay, these people know me. So let's have a discussion about it. And so I started sharing about my son and, um, you know, his diagnosis and some of the things that we dealt with. But then I also started sharing about his gift for art. Because when he was five years old, um, he started, um, whenever we would drive by a particular church, he would get so excited. And I was like, why does he always want me to drive by this church? (laughs) So one day he came home and he drew it. And he had the exact number of windows, the pitch of the roof. He had it so beautiful. And so I shared it with my Facebook friends. And so they started seeing hey, you know, he might have these issues, but then he also has these other wonderful things to share. And so over the years, and it's been about 10 years now, I've been sharing with them, you know, some of his accomplishments, his drawings, and they have become some of the biggest supporters of him. And I even created an Instagram page, you know, of some of his artwork um, where I uploaded it and people were supporting it and wanted to buy it. And so just sharing that information about my son and some of the, you giftings that he has, has really opened people's minds to autism. And they even tell their friends about me and say, hey, can I have my friend contact you because they're going through that and I've seen, you know, the growth that you've had with your son. And so um, those are some of the things, you know, that I've seen where people have, you know, kind of changed their thoughts and their mindsets once they got to know our family stories. I love that so much. And I love the lady who at church Mm -hmm. saw you Yes. She saw you and then she acted. Yes. And then out of that, no telling how many families, because of that one person. Yes. No telling how many families have been impacted by her heart towards you. And that is just beautiful. It is. That ministry, that special needs ministry is still thriving to this day. And that was, let me see, 2012, no, 2013. Amazing. 10 years ago. Amazing. And it's still thriving to this day. I love that so much. It only takes one person to to, right. to make that difference. And so you had mentioned earlier when we were talking a little bit about the Autism Faith Network, about some of the things that you do that you added recently, the manna from heaven and cheerful giving. Delve a little bit more into that. Why did you want to start these new initiatives? And what have been some of the impacts that they have made on the community that you love and serve? Yes, so... You know, our Accessible Faith Initiative, which I talk about a lot, is our key um, initiative that we do. But that is mainly directed towards churches, church leaders, children's ministry, and families affected by autism are indirectly impacted by that. We wanted to have, our board wanted to have um, a direct service where we directly reached out and touched families affected by autism. And so that's how we got started. You know, a lot of families affected by autism deal with um, financial impacts because sometimes it's hard to work 
when you have a child with disabilities because of you know all of the medical appointments, the therapies, um, and then it's hard to work also because um, you want to be present for your school meetings, you know, and you know it's hard to find childcare like I talked about before with preschool, and so you know not all daycares take children with disabilities. And so it can have a huge financial impact. And so what we wanted to do was to find some kind of way to make a difference in that area. So our Manna from Heaven initiative provides $50 gift cards for autistic persons in need of food during the Thanksgiving holidays. And, you know, we know Thanksgiving, you know, you want to have your spread, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of food that is prepared during that time. And so we wanted to kind of help out with that. Um, We've started that program in 2021. And, you know, this will be our third time Mm -hmm. doing it in November of 2023 when we do it. And the testimonies that have come out of it have been such a blessing Mm -hmm. to us. Um, One person shared that um, she has an older um, child with autism that is learning how to cook. And they took the gift card and bought some items that they were going to cook, especially for Thanksgiving. And they were very proud of Mm -hmm. the fact that they could purchase some items to cook for Thanksgiving. Um, We've had families to say, you know, um, hey, you know, we had a surgery and it was an unexpected surgery that took a lot of um, our financial resources. And so this was this helped me to feed my family. Mm you know, um, people affected by COVID and unable to work. And so it provided resources for them to be able to buy food for their families. And so that's been great. Um, The Cheerful Giving Initiative, that provides sensory supports and tools for autistic persons to kind of help them to be um, calm, to help them to adjust to their surrounding environment. And so um, we provide an Amazon wish list where they can choose items off of that list up to $50. And it's fidget toys, it's headphones, it's um, white noise machines, it's um, sensory clocks, it's all kinds of things, rubs, any kind of thing that can help provide a common atmosphere for a person with autism. And so um, with that one, families a lot of times struggle with finding appropriate Mm -hmm. gifts because, you know, if you have a child that's nonverbal, you might mm-hmm. not necessarily know what they would like. And so we kind of take some of the weight off the families and give them things that may be um, helpful for their mm-hmm. uh, loved one that they can pick from. We had one story where there was a person diagnosed, diagnosed with autism a little bit later um, in life, um, but they were still a teenager. And they chose a sensory alarm clock where um, it would help. It gave them the independence to wake up on their own and do some of their daily chores. It also had a nightlight on it. And um, the person was so happy about this alarm clock that when they opened it on Christmas, it was like the only thing that they played with. Mm. And the father had been having some issues with accepting the diagnosis and finding ways to interact with their child. And so um, when the child received that sensory alarm clock, the father found a way to be able to interact with him by helping him to set up that alarm clock. And so it provided a way for them to connect with each other. And so that has been really just a huge blessing. I love to get the testimonies mm-hmm. and they, they're they really what keeps us going. It really um, gives a validation to the work that we're doing. It's so great. 
So Tanya, is this for families in your area or is this for anyone around the U.S.? How how do people find out about it if they're interested? And tell us a little bit more about how they can access what you offer. So with these two programs, they are specifically for people who have a diagnosis of autism of any age. So it can be a child. It can be adults. We actually um, have helped adults um, with the cheerful giving. You know, they've chose chosen items. So we have items for adults as well as for children. Um, They have to live in the continental United States. So that's one requirement. It can be, um, you know, person of any age, they just have to live in the continental United States. Um, We start advertising for our um, Manna from Heaven program in early November, and then they receive the gift cards by before Thanksgiving so that they can get that food and cook that Thanksgiving dinner. Um, they have to choose a grocery store that is local to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't allow like Walmart, Target, Sam's or anything like that. It has to be a grocery store mm-hmm. that allows for online purchasing of gift cards. And so that's how we, you know, set up yeah. the program. And we um, advertise these things through our mailing list. So, you know, get on our email list if you haven't already. Um, this uh, cheerful giving, you know, they same rules, you know, it have to be um, diagnosed with autism and you have to live in the continental United States. We give you a wish list to choose from and you tell us what you would like. We start advertising for that. Um the first week in December, and then the gifts will arrive just in time for Christmas. So great. So great. And I actually went and looked at the list. I was like, I want to see what's on this wish list. So yeah. I got some ideas for my son, You just to yeah. look at different things that I could purchase for him. You know, it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to know what gifts to get for our kids who have sensory issues or mm-hmm. are nonverbal. And so I, th- I saw some great, I was like, oh, there's some great ideas here. So good job yes. on your list. So. Yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. we also allow for color variations, you know, or um, different sizes. There's all kinds of different things on that list. And so we try to update it every once in a while, you know, just in case, you know, people want to look, you know, throughout the year of different ideas of yeah. things that they can purchase for their loved one. That's so great. So what do you guys have coming up? You've got a lot going on right now. What's coming up? Yes. So um, one thing that we have coming up is our Accessible Faith Initiative, which launches in April. And so today we are going to have a webinar with Kelsey Hollis, who is Miss Georgia. She has used her platform to promote autism awareness And she also talks about her faith. And so one thing that she's going to talk about with us today is how to promote autism awareness among youth. Mm. She has a nonprofit organization that is focused on youth who have a sibling with autism and it provides support for them. And then she's also done um, pageants for young girls with disabilities. And so she's done a lot of work with young people who have disabilities and also with teaching acceptance and and inclusion. And so we are very excited about having that webinar with her. Um, We also have another webinar coming up on April 26th at 1 p.m. That's going to be with Brian Wolf. And I think he did a a podcast. He he did. He was on our podcast here recently. Yes. Yes. And so we're going to be talking with him about how to create curriculum for your disability ministry. Right. That's one question that we get a lot is, you know, how do I create 
materials that would be helpful for people with disabilities at my church. And so he's going to talk about how to create um, curriculum for children and adults with disabilities. And so we're thrilled about that. Um, We also have created an online toolkit. It's an activity guide where churches can download this toolkit and receive a comprehensive list of things that they can do to promote autism awareness, acceptance, and inclusion at their church. If churches do one of the activities on that activity um, toolkit, then we will provide them with a free sensory toolkit. And that sensory toolkit includes a tote bag, headphones for children and adults, fidget toys, and a few other resources that they can use to make their church more welcoming for people with disabilities. Um, And then also we have another download on our website. It's a children's ministry prayer guide. Mm. And that prayer guide is, is, has four weeks. We skipped a week for Easter. And so it's four weeks and it's basically a prayer that you can pray with your children's ministry each week um, with different topics. Um, One of the topics is love and we talk about love, but basically what it's designed for is to teach um, children about autism and those with disabilities and to promote awareness and to also teach them how to be inclusive and to create an atmosphere of belonging for their peers with disabilities. So we got a lot. You was going to say you've got a lot going on. So if if someone wants to be a part of the webinar that that launches today, that's, that is today, takes place today, how can they sign up to be a part of that? And if they miss it, how can they come back to watch it? Yes. Yeah, so we have information about that on our website. Um, we're we're hosting it through Zoom, but it will also stream on our Facebook page. So follow us on Facebook and we're also streaming it on YouTube. We have a YouTube and a Facebook page. Both of those are Autism Faith Network. So you can find it through there. And so we hope that you will join us and, and watch those webinars and share them with your networks as well. So great. I love all you're doing. And it's such a such a blessing to families impacted with by autism. And, you know, I know you've had quite a journey on on this road of, you know, being a mom to your to your two boys and the different mm-hmm. diagnoses that have come along the way. So Tanya, what do you do? to rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? Well, you know, that is, um, that's a great question. Um, I have a wonderful tribe of people who provide support for me, you know, during a good and a bad day. You know, um, there's this, this gospel song that comes in my mind. It's, you know, it says, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I have a testimony. And, you know, I took some time to listen to the podcast that we did back in 2021. And I thought to myself this morning, like, oh, we have come Mm. such a far, far way. You know, I remember a time when, you know, my son was in the midst of having seizures so very often. And, you know, I could only imagine a time where he would be seizure free, you know, where we wouldn't have to deal with the worry and the concern of that anymore. You know, because at that time, epilepsy had just totally controlled our lives and everything that we did. And now just 
two years, almost two years later, we can breathe a little bit now. You know, we we have a reprieve from the stress of it all. And so, um, you know, thinking back on my oldest son, you know, about how he didn't even talk until he was around five or six. And now we have conversations, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a blessing because I wasn't sure if he would ever talk. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to have a fear of the church, you know, going inside the sanctuary. Now he loves church and he loves God. And so, you know, the things that you are experiencing now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, I think there is value in um, writing, you know, journaling, you know, writing down things so that when you go back and you look at where you were back then and you see how you are now, it gives you hope for tomorrow. Yeah. And that's kind of what that podcast episode did for you going back yes. and listening to where you you were, you know, back in 2021 compared to where you are now and to see the changes and what a gift that is to have to have eyes that can see and not only see the hard, but to see the good as well. So Tanya, thank you so much for sharing again, part of your journey with us and all of the amazing things you're doing at the Autism Faith Network. And it's always a joy to get to be with you and see you. So I hope to get to see you at another conference soon. Oh, yes. So thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.